0: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: This episode brought to you by the following awesome patrons. Tristam, Kate, Mats, Isaac, Karoon, Ori, Matthew, Eddie, Nick, B, and Chris. Thank you guys. You guys rock. Make sure you listen to the end of the episode for their personalized shoutouts and the continued saga of the Patreonicals. You guys, do you guys see that up
2: there? It's the theme music. I don't know what it's saying, but it's screaming something. It's, it looks like it's about to jump.
3: This music's for you, Mikey! <laughs> it's all for you! <laughs> <laughs> is that?
1: <laughs> right, but we need, to, we need to build up to a laugh line and then, yeah. yeah. We okay. just have to laugh.
2: You know, this joke is not to stay in the episode. We just have to come in laughing like,
1: this is a good time! <laughs> No, no, no. It needs to be a joke. Mikey, you've done the podcast before, right?
2: (laughs) I I mean, I've done it. I've not listened to
0: it. Thank you for listening to the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige.
1: I'm
2: Mikey.
0: And I'm
1: your Horror Virgin, (laughs) Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch the literal movie that made me terrified of horror movies when I was eight or nine years old, The Omen. And how did it go for you?
0: How do you feel about that?
1: Damn. Okay, so this is not the first time I've seen this movie. I saw it once like forever ago when I was a child and I feel a little shameful. Honestly, I understand why I was so scared as an eight or nine year old because I was also super religious and this plays on some themes. But if I knew what I know now about like religion and scripture and stuff like that, I would have realized that. Anytime a priest opens their mouth, they're talking like literal nonsense. And that makes the movie not at all scary for me.
0: I will tell you, Todd, I saw clips of this when I was much younger and it terrified me. Thank you. Until I had to watch it in film school and was like, what was I so scared of? And for me, I'll talk about it when we get to the one scene that I saw when I was very young that did scare me very badly uh, when we get to it. And I think it's a very... Understandable thing to be afraid of Especially as a child but I do think As an adult this is not nearly As scary of of a movie As it is if you watch it really young
2: I think the last time I watched this was in Middle school or high school and I was like oh this is creepy And then I watched it for this and I was like I don't really find the omen that scary
0: anymore,
1: but it may it was very entertaining.
0: Controversial statement. Uh-oh. I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Awesome. I'm not sure that's super controversial. Yeah. yeah. I really like horror movies from this time frame, particularly. I'm in it for the i I'm in it for a slow horror movie.
1: You're in it for the slow burn.
0: I'm in it for the slow burn. I think that's why I like the shining so much as well. Um Another movie that this reminds me a lot of, and understandably so, they were meant to kind of be companion pieces in a way, is Rosemary's Baby, Yeah, which Uh is also very, very slow. We should totally do that movie, but both of them, the things that they have in common is they're shot extremely well. Like, this is a beautiful movie. Yes,
2: it is very pretty.
0: Clearly, people put time and effort and production value into this movie at a level that I don't think we often see for horror movies and not because people don't want to, but more just that funding is not usually there for a horror movie, like unless you're Ari Aster, like clearly the budget and the artistic effort that was put into this movie is more than we would see from your average horror film this was built to be a blockbuster not just a horror movie and that doesn't yeah. mean that that shouldn't happen for horror movies I really wish more horror movies had bigger budgets to do things like this movie because at the time this was like Oscar level yeah it's great to see a truly beautiful horror film like yeah this is top of the line for the time I, I I really, really liked watching it. I thought it was done very, very well. I'm also a huge Gregory Peck fan. He's fantastic in this. His yeah.
1: Atticus Finch was out of this world, man. He's so good.
0: Oh, yeah. I think he's fantastic in this. Yeah, he is. I would agree.
1: As a dad grandpa.
0: Yeah, I, was gonna, I think he's a little old. Yeah. A little old for the role. Uh, but other than that, he's really good. Yeah, he's like
1: 75. His wife's 26. I mean, I get it. Like, that's the way things were back then
0: well when they're talking about like how she's unable to have children i was like is it because they're both 50 because that i mean that could be it
1: (laughs) i thought she looked relatively young yeah i thought she was in her 20s
0: i feel like it's hard to tell because it's an old movie and you can't tell if somebody's old back in the day especially because young women would be playing older roles yeah that's true like I think they're supposed to be roughly the same age, maybe? Mm -mm.
2: I don't know. Let's get into this actual movie because there's so much to talk about.
0: So we open with creepy Latin chanting over the credits. These are some of the worst credits I've ever seen. They are horrible. Just names on a screen. That's it.
2: I will say if you're running late to the movies, this would be good credits because you can still get snacks.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I do think this is, you know, at a point in time where the credits weren't usually anything but this and I think it's really interesting that only 4 years later we get The Shining where we have that overhead helicopter shot for the credits which is actually part of the story and pretty interesting and kind of builds on the kind of freaky vibe of the movie but in this you're you're just subjected to weird chanting during the credits so after the credits we cut to Gregory Peck who is driving through Rome or rather in a in a car Which is driving him through Rome He's clearly stressed out And we get just a little title card that says June 6th at 6am Which is the 6th month The 6th day, 6am Which is considered the number of the beast I'm going to have a lot of notes On that later on Uh It's only considered
1: the number of the beast If you don't know anything about what any of that stuff actually means
0: Yes, exactly Yeah, I mean
1: it's not But we can we can address it later Yeah I have very, very passionate thoughts about that That we can talk about at the end
0: Yeah, I have a ton of notes on both The Antichrist in general as a concept And 666 We did a huge deep dive on it For our Patreon and Cult podcast yeah. So I have many thoughts as well Anyway, we hear a voiceover That just says The child is dead He breathed for a moment And then he breathed no more The child is dead The child is dead. And we then cut to an overhead shot, kind of like through a banister. There's a lot of this in this movie of these shots that really kind of give the impression that the the characters that we're watching are being watched by somebody else. they're
2: really creepy.
0: And so this is an overhead shot where we hear Gregory Peck saying, how am I supposed to tell her? I am afraid it would kill her. She wanted a baby so much. For such a long time
2: Yeah she wanted a baby for at least 35 years
0: I don't know about that I mean I think she legit looks 28 in this movie Yeah I would say early 30s is where I I would place her But yeah they suggest that he adopt a child And he says no she wanted her own Which like why you gotta get a fresh one (laughs) I'm just saying there's a lot of babies around and There are plenty of
1: babies to adopt
0: And a nun walks in carrying the baby And the priest says if I may suggest, take this baby. It even resembles yours. Your wife will never know, and it will be a blessing to both her and the child He then says that the baby has no relatives and that the mother died in the same instant that his child died, which is odd.
2: That definitely sounds on the up and up. Nothing shady about that sentence or two.
1: Yeah, so this is the most insane thing I've ever heard posed in a movie. Hey, this (laughs) child was born the second yours died. Love it like yours. Like, he doesn't have a lot of grieving to do already. Do you know your family? Why don't you base all of that (laughs) on lying to your wife
0: yes you know
1: what drives me insane is that he's like you know what that's a good idea i should take this baby (laughs) it's
0: insane (laughs) the priest really lays it on thick with like tonight god has given you a son basically like this is your baby now if you are familiar at all with the way that modern labor and delivery goes this It's unlikely that this would happen modern day because your wife ostensibly would have been there when the baby likely passed away. Yeah. Because a lot of the post-birth stuff happens just right there in the room, like, so at the time mothers would typically be sedated for delivery so she really? wouldn't have known yeah oh wow she wouldn't okay. have known that she had the baby at all so he brings the baby into her room and presents it as as their own he slides it back in and he pulls it out he's like it's your baby like a drawer um <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Although I don't have kids. I don't know. But so he he brings it into her. He says it's her own. We get kind of a tiny montage of them basically playing. And we kind of fast forward what looks like, you know, two to three years, give or take. Is this when he comes home and explains to his
1: wife in the shittiest way possible that they're moving to London? Yep. I hated this so much. because <laughs> like <laughs> you're, I guess we're supposed to expect that that was a fun way for him to tell her. I don't know. Times were real different because it seems like he treats his wife like shit. But in the movie, it seems like it, it's expected for you to be like, oh, isn't he sweet? I'm also not sure that they really wanted a baby. They had been trying for a while. Yeah, but like once they get it they're like, "You know what? Fuck this thing. Oh, Let's just yeah. hire
2: people don't like I don't want to spend any time with it."
0: I think a lot of that is cultural and societal for the time. There are a lot of things in this movie that have not aged well, particularly like her doctor having conversations with him about her oh, treatment. Yeah. And that's a real thing that would happen at the time where women were not in charge of their medical treatment. And so there's a lot of things like that in this movie that I think just are not the case modern day but at the time would have been extremely normal unfortunately like
2: i mean the wife just gets mistreated from like the jump
0: yeah this is a very dark
1: movie for the wife
0: i yeah i would say mistreated by today's standards i will point out some stuff that he does that is out of line with societally what would have happened at the time um which i would say makes it appear that given the treatment of women at the time he it he does actually care for her but i do think they're a high society so they're always going to have hired help in the house particularly around the children uh and b it is the 70s yeah essentially i mean they legit have
1: a staff it's not just they have a governess they have like a household staff right and that may be because he's an ambassador maybe that comes as a perk of being an ambassador i have Mm -hmm. no idea but i mean They are upper crust rich folk. It's like
2: Downton Abbey up in there.
1: It is sort of when they get to London, yeah. Well, anyway, so he comes home from his, I guess maybe he was the ambassador to Rome or maybe he just had some. I think he was
0: the ambassador to Italy or some sort of diplomatic. He had some
1: sort of political appointment in Rome. He comes to their house in Rome and he's like, everyone pack, we're leaving. (laughs) And she's like, yeah. what are, What are you talking about? She's like, well, I've just been appointed ambassador to London or whatever.
0: To the UK, yeah. And then she's, like,
1: excited that that's how she learned about it. I thought that that was crazy.
0: I got the impression that this was something they were anticipating, where it was something he'd been trying to do for a long time. And during this conversation, she does say... You're going to be the future president. So they get to London, and this is where they tour the giant house that is going to be the set piece for the bulk of the rest of this movie. Right. They start in Damien's day room. Why Why? Why is it called Damien's day room? A day room would have been the room where a kid would play and have school and stuff in a it giant house. It looks like the library from
1: Beauty and the Beast.
0: That's basically what it yeah. also is. Yeah. Can
2: yeah. we talk about the name Damien?
0: Yes, yes, let's do it. It's interesting choice, because they, they name him that, and I don't know that it had negative connotations before this movie.
2: But now no one is named Damien because of this movie, right?
1: Right, yeah. I looked it up. Damien actually means a powerful man of the people.
0: Okay. It doesn't mean anything sinister or dark or whatever. But yeah, I because I, I think it was just meant to be a powerful name and then this movie has given it the sinister connotation. Yeah. But so they're in Damien's day room and it's empty. This house is like, It looks like somebody abandoned this house in a hurry (laughs) Yeah, because there's like no furniture, but there's a lot of trash.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when they're walking around Damien's day room Mm -hmm. and they see Damien with, I'm assuming, Holly outside. Yes. um, Gregory Peck or the ambassador closes the blinds or whatever. The shutters, the indoor shutters. I don't know. I'm not rich. I don't know what they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he was like
2: a peck on the mouth and he's like,
1: yeah. Yeah, he gives her the old Gregory Peck. And then,
0: yeah. yeah. I feel like the implication <laughs> is that they are about to fuck on the floor of this day. Thank room, you. That's what and- I thought, too.
2: No they have a conversation He goes Let's go see the bedroom And she's like There's no furniture up there And he's like So what
1: But then he says Something that I think Is insane You could be too sexy For the White House Which is an insane Piece of dialogue And then It's it's, a crazy thing to say it is (laughs) And then instead of Passionately kissing his wife Who we assume He's about to have sex with They They just hug hug Like co-workers would When one of them Is leaving (laughs) for another job
0: As I was watching this I just typed in my notes They're like the Warrens Why is there a weird love story (laughs) in the middle of this shit.
1: Same clothes. <laughs> same clothes. You, you know what made me the most sad after that scene ends, and the uh, like, they show them walking around the outside with one of them is like carrying Damien. I just thought it was really sad that they could afford this huge house, but not a real dog.
0: <laughs> I think that was meant to be Damien's toy. It's just the same size as Damien. I know, which means that, like he can't pull it. Only the adults could pull it. <laughs> this is the conversation where we find out that Gregory Pecks former college roommate and friend who has just visited them is the current president of the United States. Yeah,
1: and he's going to go visit him. And that would make sense. I mean, he's the ambassador to the UK, so, like, you would have to fly back for meetings and stuff. I mean, he would be flying all over, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, this is where they think that they lose Damien, uh, and they freak out because they are parents they're worried about their child and it turns out he's not lost he's just hanging out by a tree right but what we essentially see is kind of a montage of damien growing up for the next two to three years with a life of privilege yeah
1: like you do when you're like super rich like mikey was growing up (laughs) (laughs) i say that we're
2: gonna go this direction this episode huh
1: Mikey, I am not gonna suggest that you are the Antichrist. I'm just saying that you're not not the Antichrist.
0: <laughs> right? Except for the number of the beast for Mikey is just
1: 69. Oh <laughs> noise! <laughs> nice! I am so not getting any right now. It's
2: like not even beyond. Like, I wish I could make sexual jokes, but at this point I've forgotten what sex is. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode, I was like, so where's the stork that died delivering this
3: baby?
1: Actually, the, the stork crash landed with the ambassador's real baby, and that's how <laughs> I got a hole in its head. Oh, no. And so they had to trade it out for the jackal baby that is Damien. Oh, it pecked his head in.
3: <laughs> they had Gregory pecked! Oh,
0: it all goes to the top! <laughs>
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Spoilers for the end of this movie. Um, So, <laughs> the next scene we come to is Damien's birthday party. It is. I was so
1: happy to see that, like, even rich kids' birthday parties in the 70s suck by today's standards. <laughs> <laughs> like, that shit looked horrible. Um, yes, pass the sliced carrots, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's got that, like, little roller coaster and, like, a little like, merry go round. Oh, yeah. I think that looks like a cool party. This scene
2: is a Roller coaster because this is the scene that made me realize <laughs> it is. Mikey. I don't remember
1: anything about the omen. <laughs> Same. Okay. So, Mikey, I watched this a long, long time ago. I literally remembered two things. One of them was in this scene because it really stuck with me. When I first saw it.
0: That's the thing That freaked me out The first time I saw it
1: Same page But that's all I remembered Everything else was 100% new
2: I didn't remember this at all This I was just like When does this movie Get
1: weird and I was like Okay
0: Oh immediately
1: It gets weird
0: <laughs> By the way And we'll get into it In just a second 13 minutes into the film Is the first death Really That's really quick man. That's really quick. minutes So at the birthday party The nanny has Damien
1: Oh yeah And the mom is like Super jealous of Holly The governess Holding her getting
0: her photo taken i don't know that it's jealousy oh yeah so much as she doesn't want the paparazzi around her child
2: here's why i disagree it's their birthday party (laughs) on their private property and they invited all of those paparazzi into the birthday party
0: i don't know that they quote unquote invited them i think it's just that he's the ambassador and he's new and it's therefore news and noteworthy and that's why they're there
1: yeah but they could have asked them to leave it is on their private
0: property yeah I know a lot of celebrities are weird about people photographing their kids. And so I think that was just modern me reading that into this movie where you're right. They would have had to invite the paparazzi. So it is probably that she just wanted to be in the pictures with her own kid,
1: which I think is fair. I mean, you don't want people confusing Holly, your maid for you, the wife of the ambassador. Like I sort of get that. You don't want people to think that maybe you never take care of your own child. (laughs) I will
2: say that her cutting in right this moment. Does kind of upset
0: this uh, nanny Yeah the nanny does not take it too well Man but either way it doesn't really Matter because the nanny is Upset and walks away And then sees a black dog Or a rottweiler off to the side Which I believe telepathically Tells her what to do I think
2: he was just barking orders at her
0: (laughs) (laughs) We get like a short 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 Montage of the party continuing And I think just to pass enough time for her to get back into the house and onto the roof. And then we hear her calling from the roof. Damien, look at me. I'm over here. I love you. It's all for you. And at 13 minutes into the film, she jumps off the roof, hanging herself, crashing through the window of his bedroom, back into the house and it
2: shows everything and it looks very real it does look yes. very
1: convincing yeah
0: and this was the scene that i saw when i was very young which terrified me of this movie i it was very upsetting
1: yeah i was very scared by this i think this is probably the first on-screen death i ever saw
0: yeah well and i think there's something different about just an on-screen death in general versus an on-screen suicide and there is a a little more of a weight, I think. in In that case, a little bit. It, it bothered me in Midsummer as well when there were. It's taboo. So I suicide. mean,
2: suicide yeah. is a very taboo thing. Yeah. Uh, I know we're gonna make jokes about this whole scene or whatever, but suicide. I mean, September is Suicide Awareness Month. It is. Uh, so... Yeah.
1: Mikey, do you want to give them the national hotline for suicide prevention?
2: Yeah, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 8255 And I will say. In a historical context, like suicide was looked as a lot more taboo back in the 70s, 80s sort of thing. And like it's definitely – it was like definitely – especially with Catholicism tied with if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Also things things of that nature. And it wasn't looked at like depression and mental illness is looked at today. So it was a thing of taboo and horror back then. I mean it's still horrible – but it was more of a. It could be used as a tableau to be like, look how awful this person was, or things like that. And it was like a show of show of that person. You know what I mean? Like it was a, a default of them of like they they were evil or wrong or something. You know something was wrong with them. It wasn't like a mental health condition that it is now.
0: Right. So first of all, she does this in front of a, a party full of children. Yeah. Who, as much as this traumatized us as a scene in a movie. In, within the world of this movie they saw this for real yeah. and in the middle of it there's a photographer taking a bunch of photos and, and the shots kind of linger on him I think just to let us know that he's going to be important later yeah, I, I knew that
2: because I was like that's an actor I recognize
0: <laughs> uh, in the melee of them trying to cut her down uh, the dog communicates with Damien telepathically and I think this is where Damien turns I think up up until this point, Damien might have just been a normal kid. Oh, I
1: don't think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think you, he was you think always. it was going to go
0: either way. Yeah, no, because yeah. he was
1: born from a jackal. We don't find this out till later in the movie, but like he is not a yeah. normal baby. That baby, a crazy baby.
0: Yeah,
2: it's
1: not a human baby. Right.
2: Yeah, that dog was just communicating. We're sorry we didn't get you the uh, frankincense mirror. <laughs>
1: It's myrrh. It's not mirror. Oh my God. It's frankincense, myrrh, and gold, Mikey.
0: (laughs) Frankincense, the Russian space station (laughs) mirror, gold.
1: (laughs) Mikey's clearly only ever read that word.
0: So (laughs) the next scene is Gregory Peck going to work at the embassy, and he's just covered with paparazzi. They're all asking him about the suicide. They're all asking if she was on drugs. And he very graciously just kind of doesn't really talk about it. He says that she wasn't on drugs and he kind of just passes through. Yeah, he sort of defends her, which I liked. He does accidentally knock that one photographer's camera down. Which
2: he handles again with grace.
0: Yeah. He's like.
2: Hey, man, I'm sorry I broke your camera. Do you want me to, will you bill me for it or whatever? Yeah. And of course the guy's like, mm, just owe me.
1: Okay, person, I'll never see you again. And he walks <laughs> right. away. I mean, that's Keith, though. We, he,
0: he's like the other main character in this. So he goes into his office and he's talking with a few other dignitaries. And they get a call from his secretary, or she buzzes through. Yeah. And tells him that there's a Father Brennan here to see him from Rome that it is something urgent. He's from a hospital. And the other dignitaries that he's talking with are like, oh, donation time, right? Yeah. Is this the same conversation
2: where they're like, why aren't you going to Saudi Arabia? Yes, yes. this is the same one. He's like, probably because my nanny like hung herself from my roof like yeah, 14 hours wanna ago. Yeah, I kind of want to stay yes.
1: close to home because my family just witnessed this super traumatic event.
2: Yeah, even though when my wife later falls and gets a body cast, I'm definitely going to leave her. <laughs>
1: I didn't think about that, but you're right. He
0: does bail on her immediately. I would argue he's trying to save her. Okay, okay, that's fair. So Father Brennan comes into his office, and my frustration with him is that he doesn't just get to the point. He starts out with riddles, and I'm like, bitch, you're trying to solve a problem. <laughs>
2: yeah. He's like, foe fi foe-thumb. Your child's the devil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he comes in there and is like, what has horns was born of a dog, and also your wife knows deep down inside. Like, it's just like, <laughs> don't just tell him what's wrong. He keeps saying shit like, you have to accept Christ, you have to drink the blood of Christ. Like, and he doesn't tell him why. Yeah. Because I feel like if he had just come out and been like, look, dude, here's what happened. This is why you need to trust me. And if you want to go verify what I told you, here's how to verify it. I don't think we would have the rest of this movie.
2: He could have gone that route. Another yeah. route would have been like a father. Merrick would be like, your child must be really upset about the suicide. Let's cannot. I, can I, you know, I just came to pray for your family To pray with your family. Can I meet with you guys? Talk to you. Offer counsel Blah 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 Like let me Let me get closer And then like Gain your trust Yeah Basically any other way That he did it
0: Yeah he did it The exact wrong way Well I think we find out A little bit later in the movie Why he probably did it The wrong way And it's just because He was rip shit on morphine.
1: Yeah Yeah dude was high All day Every day
0: My other frustration was he was like, yeah, I was there. I witnessed the birth of your son. And he doesn't clarify, but also Gregory Peck doesn't go, no, you didn't. I was there. (laughs) They go through like two or three ring around the rosies of like, I know your son. I saw its mother. You mean my wife? No, I mean its mother. And it's like, Spit that shit out man Yeah doesn't he
2: yell it but we can't hear it Because of a noise
1: he gets pulled away As he's saying the mother was a jack Was a jack and they don't say jackal Which literally the easiest Part of the sentence to say as you're being Dragged out of a room is the "ul" At the end of jackal Gregory
2: Peck Was like yeah I know my wife's a jackass (laughs) (laughs) She hates that kid we can already Tell what I hated was the inauthentic Italian accents of these priests Yeah
0: and they were all over the place Because
2: I wanted to be like,
0: it's a me, I was a there at the your sons (laughs) of his Uh, (laughs) both. I saw the mine, it's a jackal. (laughs) It's a me,
1: the devil. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would have died if Damien does achieve his final form in the Omen 2 and it's just Bowser.
0: Uh, we're also at this point only 20 minutes into the movie. So this is a a two hour movie and 20 minutes in we know or at least we already have an inkling that his son is the devil and that the switch was not on the up and up.
2: Well, we knew the switch wasn't on the up and up from the, the really shaky shells pitch the first pre-game. That's true. Sure. It's-a me. Uh, you take a, this, a son, and uh, your wife will be fine. Just a lie to her. <laughs> It's-a me, the doctor. <laughs> It's-a me. A, It's-a doctor. This is definitely a human baby, not the devil. We jumped and bonked our heads against a
0: bunch of bricks, and this baby fell out.
1: But your baby bonked his head a little too hard, so he dead. He dead. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to apologize to all Italians.
0: I accept your apology. (laughs) Now, at this point, we're only 20 minutes into the movie. (laughs) We cut to the photographer who is in the dark room developing the photos he took both from the birthday party and on the steps in front of the embassy, and he's noticing some interesting things showing up in the photos Most notably a line behind the preset.
2: Right. (laughs) Okay. I don't like this whole plot device. Because when even when he shows the like Gregory Peck these photos, I'm like,
0: yeah, I mean it's a line,
1: but like I don't buy it and I'm watching the movie. Well, I think one of the reasons they do it twice, they literally do the same thing twice, is because it could just be a problem with the exposure of the film, right? So it shows that it's the exact same line twice and then he doesn't show us the only time it happened to holly with the noose because that did only happen once like i feel like he went back after seeing the priest's line twice and really looked over the film with holly and was like oh that's also how she died and that's when he's like gonna start investigating it on his own i mean we're not there yet but that's in my mind that's where how it went
2: I feel like it was a weak plot point. They should have had some cooler picture effects because I was like,
1: that's a blurry line, you know? I mean, like, it was the 70s, Mikey. They're not, like, yeah, rocking yeah. Photoshop deep fakes. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I want, like, Devil yeah. Horns
2: behind her being like, we're going to kill her.
1: but
0: <laughs> It's not insidious, man. It's just the omen. <laughs>
2: Uh, I guess I'm just spoiled by modern times.
1: I want someone to go back and like change those scenes to where he's he's just handing him photos and it's just like, like Gregory Peck's head on the priest's head, but like taped on there. (laughs) <laughs> it's like really like how to lose a guy in ten days when she brings the like book of the scrapbook, yeah, the and scrapbook.
0: It's like it's together. she says she used Photoshop, that's my favorite part of that scene. But yeah, it's like it's
1: like that. And he's like, This is what your kid should have looked like if it was really your and your wife's kid.
0: Well, in the next scene, it's a me, the governess, and she Mrs. Baylock shows up unannounced no one has called her she looks like evil mary poppins she is evil
1: mary poppins
0: she is instantly creepy and i don't know about you guys but like No one comes in my house if I don't fucking know about it. Right. Well, yeah, but you're
1: not super fucking rich, Paige. They have a house staff and the house staff announces the new governess. Well,
0: they say that she says she's the new governess. Right. So the house staff brings her in, assuming that they have called her. And a minute or two later, they realize that neither one of them found her. And she says, quote unquote, agency sent me. And the second that happened, I would have security escorting her from the house especially if she's like the whole time
1: let me see your kid
0: i yeah. want to see can I, your. can kid. i see the child i want to see the baby no and thanks then also your
1: references aren't that great first <laughs> off
0: i don't know man when you get a solid
1: reference from the devil i think that's super <laughs> great like and I did love that she didn't even check the references. She opens the envelope and pulls out the paper but does not look at them.
2: I like I like how she blamed the suicide like those young nannies have like boyfriends or whatever
1: and they miss their families, stupid yeah. families <laughs> stupid. and boyfriends. Uh, Ruining not
2: lives. me, I'm 100% for your child, let me see him. Oh, especially realistically to be working in an ambassador's house, you probably need a security clearance and all sorts
0: Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. At least these days you would. I assumed when they when she said that she was from the agency she was cia (laughs) i was shocked that no one phoned the agency in this movie because they don't check up on her that we know of the wife does say she's going to and i don't think she does though because i feel (laughs) like not (laughs) yeah i feel like if they called the agency they'd be like fucking who we don't we didn't send you anybody um the other thing is she's insisting on seeing the child alone and i'd be like get the fuck out of my house i'm calling chris hansen like what the fuck are you doing
1: Paige? i think it'll be all right no that was my best gregory peck impression
0: yes mother objects and gregory peck is like it's fine
1: yeah don't be hysterical woman
0: yeah do you want to (laughs) touch the boy
1: let her come
3: in
0: so the governess does get alone with the baby, immediately. The, the five-year-old, immediately, and she just says, have no fear, little one. I am here to protect thee in the creepiest way possible. Yeah, well, anyone
1: who ends a sentence like that in the T-H-E-E, is definitely into some sinister shit.
0: Yes. The very next scene, they're getting ready to go to a wedding at an Episcopalian church, and the governess won't dress damien for church
2: this is when i would have fired her immediately
0: yes because she's basically like i think you'd rather go to the park and it's like did you misunderstand that was i not speaking just now did, i told you what to do
1: did you misunderstand that you're my employee yes yeah.
0: this is one of many cases within this movie where she deliberately does not do what they ask her yeah. and they let her stay in that house which drives me insane it's
2: so bizarre it's yeah. so
0: crazy The wife, to her credit, puts her foot down and is like, he'll be down here in five minutes dressed. Yeah. And so they all get in the car to go to the church. And Damien freaks the fuck out. I get it, man. And so much so that he hits the mom. She ends up with a bruised face.
2: So I would have figured out at this point, I have been like, I think that governess woman poisoned him against church or did something to him before he went on this yes. trip. Yes,
0: and she would be out of the house by the time uh, I got home. Yeah, same. In my mind,
1: this would happen anytime Damien went to a church, right? Right. They are churchgoers. Have yeah. they never been to a church in the five years he's been alive?
0: See, this... This is why I thought the dog talking to Damien was kind of the start of the madness. Okay. Because I would suspect if they are church going people, quote unquote, Damien would have had to have been christened and probably would have had godparents, which means that he would have definitely been to church in these five years and even potentially baptized. It
2: seemed like the president was his godfather.
0: Yes, for me that's why I was thinking maybe the appearance of the dog and the fifth birthday Or maybe it was his sixth birthday
2: I guess I'll talk about Good Omens You mean the show? I read the book too, but like Oh, I don't know the mythology of it But it's like a hellhound finds him to start the process of Armageddon
3: Yes Okay So
2: maybe that's kind of what it's like
1: Yeah, I could see that Maybe that dog is the hellhound Or maybe that's where Good Omens
2: gets it from Yeah, maybe
0: So they get home and Gregory Peck wisely is like, do you want to call a doctor and have him examined? And the wife
1: is like, no, I'm fine. Just a little bruised up. And he's like, no, not for you. For our insane child. Um, Let's rewind. He witnessed a suicide. Yeah. I mean, he, he probably does need some sort of therapy.
2: Yes. Right. All of those kids at that birthday party are probably doing similar acting out behaviors. It's a trauma response in children.
1: Yeah <laughs> You sounded like you were a monster truck announcer
2: <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday Damien fights his parents because he's witness a trauma.
0: It's a response in children
1: <laughs> We'll have a whole chaise lounge but he'll only use the
3: edge.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I love us. she brushes it off and she's like, he's fine. He's sleeping right now. He just had a fright. It was a bad moment. Or she says he's never been sick a day in his life. And Gregory Peck is like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. So uh, she goes to bed. Gregory Peck stays up. He's clearly like not buying it. Yeah, I, I noticed that it, it seemed
1: a little weird for her when he was like, I'll be up in a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. There was like a little bit of weirdness mm-hmm. between them. I honestly got the impression that he just wanted to go check on Damien.
0: Yeah, and that is where he goes. I think he's not entirely convinced that Damien's on the up and up. I don't think he thinks he's okay. Yeah,
2: I don't think so either.
0: He walks down the dark hallway to Damien's room and hears a growl and there's a Rottweiler in the hallway.
2: Oh my God, it just hit me that this is the same day.
0: Yes, it's the
2: same day. And this is only her first week.
0: Yeah, you would fire her right away. That morning, she refused to do what they say. Then they brought the kid back after he has a... Fucking episode where clearly she had something to do with it, and mm. now there's a fucking dog in their house that they've never met, didn't approve to be there, and is now growling at him. She should be out on the streets that second. Yes,
1: with the dog, but she's like, "Don't you want a guard dog while you're off traveling?"
2: He's like, "I'm an ambassador. The Marines protect me.
1: Yeah, the Marines are my guard dogs, and they're awesome."
0: <laughs> <laughs> he says to her we don't need a dog and if we do i'll pick him out myself call animal services basically the
1: hscpa or whatever it is whatever she's
0: so intrusive it makes me uncomfortable yeah
1: i hate her but you're supposed to she's like the devil's
2: maid you know she claps back and she's like what are you scared of dogs or whatever, or whatever? and i was like oh
1: what are you unemployed <laughs> get the fuck out
0: yeah yeah like- <laughs> fire her immediately
2: and by the way that's a five year old. I don't know if I want to put a hundred and twenty pound Rottweiler with a five year old all the time But I don't you. know.
0: I don't even know if he's allergic because we've never had a pet
2: and he's never been sick of day in his life. I'm already nervous about all that.
0: <laughs> so we cut to the next day, and Damien and his mother are going to the safari park. Yeah, Uh, I have some fun facts about this later, but this is a real safari park and they filmed it. Really? It looks super fun. They filmed it live with animals. I've actually been to a park kind of like this, but it wasn't for like tropical animals or like safari animals.
2: Do they really let baboons come up to the car now? I feel like that's probably a dated practice.
0: It is a dated practice And part of the reason why Is the filming of this movie Oh We see her buy Damien an ice cream And then he carries it over To the giraffes To look at the giraffes And they run away from him Yeah And he doesn't look upset He just looks kind of crazed
1: He's like yeah You better run
0: Giraffes Mm
1: -hmm. With your long neck You're a giraffe Because you are a
2: joke (laughs) Yes Wow
1: I mean he's only five His jokes aren't great yet Mikey I get it That's that's a great commentary On five year old jokes
0: So Then That's exactly what I was doing They get back into the car And baboons freak out at them And attack the car
2: I thought this scene was pretty scary Because the, the, I mean it was pretty intense for me
1: yeah. I thought she was going to hit a baboon When she was like flooring it away I there. did too I was legit scared Me too uh,
0: So Gregory Peck comes to bed And asks her if she's alright At the end of the day basically So they have come home from the safari park and he's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. And But he presses and is like, if there was anything wrong, you would tell me, right? right. There is something wrong, right? And she just says, I need to see a psychiatrist. And he's like, cool, whatever you need. I
2: loved this scene
1: me too was it because they sleep together in a 16 year old girl's bed (laughs) (laughs) no this is such a positive interaction with like mental health and like couples yeah and that's important like i i think she asked for help and he's like absolutely anything you need and that is the way you respond in that situation
0: yes so we cut to the next day where he's at a rugby game yeah Uh,
2: mikey fun fact i played rugby in college
0: that surprises me not at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I had to describe your build, I would say rugby. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure
2: <laughs> if that's a compliment or a cut down. It's definitely not a cut down. I will take it.
0: Rugby tends to be my type. I would al- oh, My husband hello. also has a rugby body.
2: I would play rugby with your husband. Has he played? No. He was a football player. He'd probably like it. I tore my knee up, though.
0: Well, people tape their ears back so they don't tear their ears off in the scrums.
2: Yeah. it's uh, It was so fun, though.
1: High
0: school band's pretty crazy, too. I'm just going to say oh.
2: that. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys like... Tape your ears back so you don't have to hear yourself
0: So he's at a rugby game And the same photographers There clearly kind of Following Gregory Peck And as the game ends, Father Brennan pops up and asks him to meet at a park. Okay, it's a me. Let's go to the park. Yeah, he doesn't ask
1: him, though. He's like, your wife's going to die unless you meet me at the park. Like, that is something you would write in a note you cut out of a magazine and paste it down. Yeah, he goes, woo your wife is going to (laughs) die. Meet me at the park. Oh, wow.
0: It's a me, empty threats. (laughs) Uh, They're not empty threats, though. Everything he says happens. It does this is also where we see lines on the photos in the developing room again yeah. right after this rugby game so this is the second time we've seen the photos be kind of altered because the
1: photographer takes another picture of the same father at the right. rugby match yeah as he's running away from telling the ambassador that his wife's gonna die right
0: mm-hmm. now Gregory Peck probably and I I think headcanon Gregory Peck was afraid that this father was gonna try and kill his yeah, wife yeah I think so <laughs> um, too
2: yeah I agree yeah
0: uh, so he meets him at the park, and again, instead of just telling him what's going on, the father recites this crazy poem, and I have all of it. He says that the book of Revelations predicts what's all going to happen, but this section is not from Revelations at okay. all. Here's the crazy thing. Even these like story points within the poem are not in Revelations. In fact, they actually say something so wrong that it would completely invalidate most of what they're saying. So, But this is what I meant from in the beginning when I was like, had I known what I know now, I would have
1: realized anytime a priest opens their mouth, it's gibberish. This is why.
0: Yeah. So what he says is, when the Jews return to Zion and a comet rips the sky... And a Holy Roman Empire rises, then you and I must die. And the problem with that is the Roman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire are two completely different things. And the Holy Roman Empire refers to the Austro-Hungarian Habsburg family of Europe, which has no connection to Revelation at all. Yeah, they were in Germany. Yeah. So then he continues with a second stanza. From the eternal sea he rises, creating armies on either shore turning man against his brother until man exists no more. And then he says the book of Revelations predicted it all. But again, none of that is in Revelations. Yeah. It's just not there.
2: But he's like, don't look it up. Just like, don't look it up.
0: I did look it up. And and here was the frustrating <laughs> thing. So when we did our deep dive for cult podcast into the book of Revelation and the Antichrist for our Patreon episodes, I read Revelation probably five or six times and the book of Daniel and first and second John and like all of the the super end of the world books and so I heard this and I was like that's not in the fucking Bible like I read this (laughs) shit recently yeah uh and so then I googled it to be like am I crazy or is this in another book that I didn't look no if you google that it's listed as a poem. So it's just a, a poem. Yeah, okay. So he is arguing that Satan will send the Antichrist as a last chance battle against the forces of heaven and that Damien is that child. And the problem with that biblically is that the word Antichrist is only mentioned three times in the Bible and none of them are in Revelation. They're mostly in 1st and 2nd John and it's from the Greek word Antichristos. There is a similar word named Pseudochristos, but both of them refer to just people who do not believe in Christ. Yeah, they're unbelievers. It's unbelievers. Yeah. It's not one specific person. Oh,
2: this is unbelievable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not someone who doesn't like Justin Bieber. That's an unbeliever. <laughs>
0: right. This is different, uh, Mikey. Essentially, there is no biblical basis for one singular Antichrist in the way that this movie describes. Uh, And the bulk of the prophecies that we get around that came about in about 95 to 325 AD as the Western Christian Bible as we know it today was being canonized, where the people canonizing the Bible, when they disagreed with each other, as far as their theology, would often accuse each other of being the Antichrist. And when you say they canonized the Bible, what you mean is
1: literally people voted on what books would be in the Bible.
0: Yeah. Now, I will say, because we did a huge deep dive into canonization and what's in the Bible and what's not and why, a lot of the times the books that they voted to canonize— The reason that they voted to canonize them is that they would have multiple copies spanning different continents and different groups that matched up. So the bulk of the Bible is included because it matched other documents from the time. There are a handful of books that did not meet that standard, and Revelation is one of them.
1: Uh-oh. Oh
0: Yes, there is a lot of debate as to whether or not Revelation should truly be included into the Bible. There's also debate about who wrote it. It is identified as John, and a lot of people believed that to be John the Apostle. However, the book of Revelation was written in about 90 to 98 AD under the rule of the Emperor Domitian, who was persecuting Christians, which is why he was exiled. But that means that John the Apostle would have been anywhere from 60 to 90 years old at the time, and lifespans just typically weren't that long. It's unlikely that it's the same person. There's also a lot of things in Revelation that are just quoted or uh, referencing the book of Daniel, which is a previous book of prophecy, so it's not necessarily new. And it was referenced because the audience for the people reading Revelation would have known the book of Daniel because the bulk of them would have been Jewish, and Daniel is part of the Septuagint. So the book of Revelation in large part is considered to potentially be an allegory for Rome at the time and the fall of the Roman Empire. I mean, that's
1: literally what they're talking about. They're talking about Nero, and that's why 666 is, like, numerically is Nero. Uh,
0: It's numerology. So there's multiple different numbers it could be. It could be Nero. Nero is one of the emperor's around the time, although Nero would have been before the book of Revelation was written. Yeah,
1: well, Nero, I think, passed at like 60 AD, So, and Revelation was written 30 years after that, or roughly 30 years after that. So they think that they were writing about the end of his reign, and he was one of the ones that was really persecuting Christians, although that did continue
2: after John's first title of the book was Finding Nero.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just keep burning just keep burning
0: human candles human candles anyway all of this to say that all of the information that the priest gives him in the moment and the basis for this movie is largely considered to be incorrect by modern theologians yeah um But he does tell him to go to the town of Megiddo in the old city of Jezreel and to see the old man Pukenhagen, which is the strangest name. Yeah, it's a very weird name. They also imply later on that Pukenhagen is a famous exorcist and that he would tell him how the child was made. And then he finishes this whole speech by saying, he who will not be saved by the lamb will be torn by the beast. So, again, this is him just not giving him just concrete information. right? And so Gregory Peck has had enough of it. And he's like, I'm here because you said my wife was in danger. And he says, she's pregnant. No, she's not. She is. And your kid's going to kill it in the womb because he's the son of the devil. He's going to kill the baby. Then her... And then you, because he needs your money and your influence. So he needs to die.
1: Yeah. So he needs you to die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. What Gregory Peck says is like, bye. Uh, and he basically says, I'll see you in hell. Yeah. Well, Gregory Peck literally says, stay away from me and my family.
1: I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah. And then as Gregory Peck is walking away, that's when the father says,
0: uh, I'll see you in the hell. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see me in hell, and it says there we will share out our sentence. Yes. Yeah. Oh
2: man, they're talking level eight, the fire level. You know what I'm saying? In Mario, that is the joke.
0: I thought I thought Dante,
1: but sure. Yeah, I was thinking Dante uh, too, yeah. but yeah. I like how Mikey backed his way into a Dante joke. <laughs> Didn't know he was making it. But this is where the priest gets, like, blown away.
0: Yeah, the wind picks up, and it's a crazy storm, and he runs to a nearby church, <laughs> and we're hearing that crazy, like, yeah, 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 the whole time. And I love that when he gets to the church, he tries to
1: open the gate, and it won't open. So he jumps the gate, and then God, I have to assume, because God throws lightning, Opens the gate for him right after he gets over it. Because lightning
0: hits it and blows it open. Yes. Uh, He tries to get into the church, but both the gates and the doors to the church are locked. So even after he gets through the gates, he can't get into the door. And lightning strikes the steeple on the church. It falls from the top of the church and just like javelins him into the ground. Like the photos that the photographer has been developing. It's that same line. What drove me crazy about this
1: is he had a legit photo. Three to five seconds To move out of the way
0: (laughs) It reminds me of Hot Fuzz Where the steeple falls off Edgar Wright is a huge horror fan I'm pretty sure he was doing it As an homage to this movie I can see that I will
2: say In Mario Kart The (laughs) lightning (laughs) bolt power up Is devastating And that's exactly what happened to this priest
1: I can't argue Yeah I mean that's just sound logic I do think the omen Foretold the Mario games to come I will say It was pretty creepy the way it went through his body and then he stayed standing up. I
2: love that. I mean, I thought
1: that was intense, man. It holds up. All the
2: deaths and the effects really hold up in this film.
1: Yeah, I think the deaths do.
0: Yeah. So we cut back to the Thorn household and Damien is being a loud nightmare child and his governess is nowhere to be found because she is useless. Yeah, and the mom is like, hey, where are you? We pay you. Do your job. And the mom is clearly having like a mental break. Yeah, she's having a rough day. It's, it's not great. So they get the governess to take Damien away. And then Gregory Peck lovingly checks in on her again and is like, hey, it seems like things have gotten worse since you started seeing the doctor. Maybe I should have a talk with him, which is patriarchal nonsense because right? it's weird that someone would not have p- medical privacy. But this is the 70s. I,
2: I'm so like. From a different time, I was like, is he going to try to beat that doctor up for hurting his wife?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, in in all fairness, the wife does say, you know, he actually has brought up that he wants to talk to you. And I thought that that meant that, that she was just like, hey, we need couples counseling. Right. But, no, when it cuts to the scene with the psychiatrist, it's just Peck and the psychiatrist talking about the wife who is not there.
0: Yes. She tells him in this conversation I don't want to have any more children, which is unusual given what we had heard from the beginning where she wanted children. And Gregory Peck is like, okay, no worries. And she says, then you'll agree to an abortion. I just found out I was pregnant this morning. And Gregory Peck is obviously upset because now the prediction from the father came true and the phone rings.
1: Well, that, that also was a trick question.
0: It is. That's a horrible way to
1: ask. If you're okay with having an abortion.
0: Yeah, which is a complicated thing to ask and consider. Yeah. And, you know, it's difficult. I don't
2: think it's a two question like, uh, how do you feel about me not wanting to have kids again? Oh, I mean, we can talk about it, but that seems like a reasonable, I'm going to have an abortion now.
1: Oh, um, what? My next
0: question would be like, what happened? Like, was Damien that bad today? Like, <laughs> wow. And And here's the thing. It is her body. Yes. Yeah. I do think there would be questions about how she's feeling, if she's feeling okay, just to make sure that she's okay. So there's very important stuff that happens all at once. So she basically is like, you'll agree to an abortion because back in the day, the husband had to sign off on it. Really? In some states, they still have to be notified. Wow. In the middle of this conversation, the phone rings and he answers it. He doesn't really know who it is because he answers it and he's like, who are you again? And then he checks the newspaper and sees that Father Brennan is dead, which is a fast newspaper. Yeah, it is.
2: So. Why would it even make the news?
0: Not
1: only did it make the news, his picture spiked into the ground is front page news. That's not cool. (laughs) There's there's probably like people who don't want to see priest (laughs) murder on the front page of the paper. Beep, 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 beep,
0: beep, beep, beep. This just in. Man gets stapled by a steeple. (laughs) pictures at 11 i think if they were in a small town it would make more sense to me but they're in london england exactly london england anyway the very next scene gregory peck meets with the doctor and the doctor says that the reason that his wife doesn't want any more children is she believes their current child is evil and the doctor thinks that they are delusions
1: yeah
2: so i'm gonna come at this as a mental health professional
0: let me get on the edge of my chaise
1: lounge
2: <laughs> <laughs> um this is very bad
1: <laughs>
2: yeah yeah uh, this is let's not let her go home kind of bad because uh yes. i would yes. be very worried about the safety of the child those are very serious delusions i've come across this at work
0: These are postpartum delusions. This, I mean, this is not unusual. Now, granted, it's unusual that it's a five year old that it's five years later,
2: right? It's very hard because not a lot of psychiatric medications you can take during pregnancy. So, right, uh, symptoms get worse, uh, during and then after, and then to stay the stabilization after can be hard. But, I I mean, like, besides those specifics, it's like you have to realize that, like, you have to do an interview, like a threat assessment, like, okay, you don't think it's your child, you think it's an evil, it's a demon, it's an alien, it's it's an actor. Like, what are you prepared to do? Like, how do you feel about that child? And she's like, I, I mean, she. The doctor's like. She hates the child and thinks it's evil. So for him to send her home and not safety plan with the family, no notification. like It's like a gross misconduct. I don't know how it was done back then, but I'm like, well, you would think it'd be easier to commit people back then than it is today. I mean, I don't think she should have been around Damien at all.
0: The other thing that I think is really troubling in this scene is the doctor is trying to get Gregory Peck to sign off on an abortion. And I'm like, hey, you're not a medical doctor doctor like this is a psych psychiatrist right? so you can't necessarily give that kind of advice but also the fact that she's delusional
2: yes what if she got on meds cleared up and was like i didn't want that to happen i don't i'm i regret this that that's you know that would be terrible too yes yeah
1: the thing is she's right about all the things she's thinking that is making her crazy.
2: That's the fun part of the movie. Like I can't wait to get to the second half where I talk about all the ways I'd try to kill a five-year-old.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, they are actual like fears. Like her fears are actual reality. And I understand why everyone thinks she might be going crazy. And she thinks she might be going crazy. She proactively asked to speak to somebody, you know,
0: Yeah, I would argue personally, if the psychiatrist had done their due diligence and committed her, she'd be safe and alive. Now, Gregory Peck does not agree with the doctor and basically says, I need to get home right now because I think he's realizing that his wife knows what the priest warned him about. Yeah, and she shouldn't have any way to have known that. Yeah, he's, like, racing
1: home, and Damien is, like, going in a circle in his room, and his mom's trying to fix something in the hallway. It's crazy. Right. And I was like, why is Damien just going in circles? And then when she gets up, like, precariously over the edge of, like, the railing to, like, the bottom of the, I don't know, the Damien's day room or whatever, that's when the, the governess lets him out. And he's just, like, very hit from the Shining with his big wheel down the hallway— and knocks into her. Well, you
2: guys got to realize he's been playing Mario Kart for like 20 minutes in this film.
1: <laughs> she, she got him all hopped
0: up on Pixie Sticks and Mario Kart and then just let him loose. <laughs> so she's trying to water those plants, which are all hanging. Yeah, She doesn't bother to take the plants down to water them. She's trying to water them as they're hanging And she doesn't have a pitcher So she just has a giant punch bowl full of water Like a fish bowl full of water And also where's her staff She has people in the house That are supposed to do this shit for her
2: Like that's the thing She doesn't even touch the child But she's gonna water her own plants
0: Yes thank you (laughs) What the hell now, as far as the tricycle and the tricycle shot, because it is very, very similar to the shot in The Shining. This is four years before that, yeah. and it's not nearly as long. And the one in The Shining is meant to disorient you for the track of the hotel. Uh-huh. But so he's riding on the tricycle. She, re- The governess releases him into the hallway And he knocks into her until she's hanging onto the banister. And then he just watches her fall. And she falls, I would say, one and a half stories. Yeah. I think the scene would have been cool if he had, like, pulled her hands
1: off of the the hold she had on those... Like spindle things If this movie was
2: made today He definitely would have
0: Yeah Well I think this scene right here Is why she doesn't seem concerned With where he is Or anything about him For the rest of the movie Yeah She falls and she's like I have no son Yeah <laughs> <Like> just, <laughs> She never asks about him Nothing She is ready to be done With him immediately yeah. You are dead to me son <laughs> So Gregory Peck goes to the hospital This is where we find out That she survived the fall She will recover But she has a concussion And a broken arm And some internal bleeding uh- And a broken humorous, which is not very funny. (laughs) It is now. And in the process of the fall, she lost the baby. Yeah. Now, the doctor does say with proper care, she can still have children, um, which is not the point, really. (laughs) I know. But, you know.
2: But in this movie, it's the only value a woman has.
0: It sort of seems that way, which is
1: disgusting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gregory Peck goes in to check on her, and she just says, don't let him kill me.
1: Oh, it's so sad. He should have told her everything here.
2: Yes.
0: And then said,
1: we're going to Rome. Yeah. But no, he's like, I won't let him kill you. I'm going to leave you here in the hospital. And then, let the nanny kill you.
0: <laughs> I mean, spoilers but then he
1: he like goes home and he's like gonna go see Damien or whatever, but the dog is there.
0: Well, he walks where she fell, so he like walks yeah. the crime
2: scene there's a there's a crayon outline. <laughs>
0: so the dog is there in the window, basically guarding Damien, yeah, and he basically can't get close to Damien because the dog is there. At this point, the photographer calls and he says, it's not about the camera. It's about the death of the priest. And so he goes to meet with the photographer. And this is where the photographer shows him all the pictures he's been taking and the information he has pieced together yeah. about this case. And you learn that
1: Gregory Peck really needed a friend. He does. Yeah. And I really love that buddy. the photographer knows how to tell a story because he shows yeah. him all the photos, right? But he knows yep. in the back of his mind, he's like, I got a banger way to end this story. So he like literally, they, he shows him all the photos. Then they go To the priest's flat, and they see, like, the papier-mâché Bible, like, pages all over the windows, the 47 crosses on the wall, and he's like, and here's a photo of me getting decapitated in
0: 40 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because he was taking pictures in that crime yes. scene and caught a picture of himself in the mirror yeah. where it looks like he is being decapitated. I also
2: love that the, he was like, yeah, the police are like, that guy's probably crazy. So you can just go have all his stuff.
0: Yeah, Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. This is also where we find out that the autopsy lists the triple sixes in like a triangular formation mm-hmm. as a birthmark. Yeah which is wild. This is also where they find the diary and the last entry is before he was supposed to meet him in the park. But this is also where we find that he had a copy of astrology monthly from five years ago, the 6th of June at 6 AM. And it's a birth announcement, not necessarily for his son, but for potentially the other baby that was born. Regardless, there's a birth announcement and Gregory Peck then confesses, my son is dead. I don't know whose son I'm raising. Yeah. And the photographer is not shocked by that information at all, which to me, I was like, that wasn't the case he was solving. It's not like he had already gotten there before you, but like he just goes, OK, I'd like to help you out. Great. And then this is where he shows the beheading in the right photograph. Well,
1: because Gregory Peck is like, no, I don't know you. You just called me. We met tonight. I'm not going to let you help me right. solve this devil caper. And he goes. I have to come with you because I am marked for death. I mean, he doesn't say those words. Yeah, but that's essentially it. Which is
2: interesting. Before he pulls out that photo, I was like, he's got a lot of free time.
3: Yeah.
0: At this point, Gregory Peck moves his wife into a private hospital room to keep her safe. Uh, And then he goes back to the house where he's planning on having the head of the household, which is Mrs. Horton, not the evil governess. He's planning on having her take care of Damien while he's gone but he arrives back to the house to find that the entire house staff is gone with no explanation and the only person left is mrs baylock who should have been fired at the beginning of this movie but he brings up again he says last night i saw that dog in damien's room and she's like oh no they took him away this morning which like don't believe her but he does he's like good it's about time and she's just like, well, don't verify yeah. it
1: because he's definitely still up there.
0: Yeah. And I think at this point he's fine with leaving Damien with her because I think he's afraid of Damien, too. I think, yeah. yeah. I think he
1: knows that at the end of this, Damien's going to have to die. And Damien's not his kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's so terrible. Because like one of the scenarios here is that he's just adopted.
1: When he gets back from Rome, I do think he's grappling with that question. Is he really the devil's kid? Or is he just an adopted kid and he does verify it, you know, but we'll get to that.
0: We cut to Italy where Gregory Peck is arguing with a taxi driver in Italian. And what we find out is that the old hospital where Damien was born burned down five years ago. So literally right after he was born, the hospital and all the records were completely burned and destroyed. Yeah, There was
1: nothing more spooky than the elevator the nun got on after she explained all of that shit to them.
0: It was like completely open in the front. And And never
1: stopped moving. Yeah, that is how you get yourself cut in half.
0: I've,
2: I've ridden one of those.
0: Oh, I'm out.
2: They are not okay.
0: From there, she tells them, That the priest that gave him Damien is still alive, or at least survived the fire, and then went to go live in a monastery.
1: I think she tells him where the monastery is, too, because they they drive to that monastery, right? Like, that's where they go next,
0: yeah. She says it's about 50 miles outside of Rome. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where they head, and they stop at a road stop, and this is where the photographer— Kind of breaks down the poem that we heard earlier. And this is a lot of, if you're super into end times theology, a lot of these points are things that come up, especially at the time it was a big deal. It becomes an even bigger deal uh, about 20 years later when Left Behind gets really Uh, big. Yeah, 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 yeah. He goes through the points of the poem, the Jews have returned to Zion, which happened after World War II when they created the nation of Israel, which, again, just for historical record, were people that didn't live there, weren't ancestrally born there, drawing borders for people who had been living other places. And then it is also their ancestral home, which is why there's a lot of unrest, because no one can agree on who owns what. Right. And if you want to know more, research Palestinian and Israeli conflict. Yeah, it's not great. He also explains that there has been a comet recently. Um, In fact, the comet happened five years ago, the night Damien was born. Yep. He also says that a lot of people consider the, quote, Holy Roman Empire portion of the poem to be the Treaty of Rome and the common market. Um, This is where you'll hear a lot of end times people be like, they're trying to get rid of paper money to have a universal currency. That's the globalist agenda. The globalist making my frogs gay. Yeah, it's crazy. Alex Mm
1: -hmm. Jones believing bullshit. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, And then the final portion is uh, he's riding out of the sea with enemies on all sides. And they believe that that means he'll come from the world of politics. This is the one piece of end times theology that I think is actually useful and interesting. Because I think if we look at Revelations as an allegory for Rome, it is an allegory for the devastating effects of authoritarianism. And so if you're worried about a future world leader affecting devastation on the world, then authoritarian government figures are a thing to be afraid of. And I do think that is useful information. Especially now. Especially now. From there, they go to the monastery, and it's pretty creepy, and it's basically a whole bunch of monks. You say it's creepy, but it's like a bunch
1: of monks praying, which is exactly what monks do at a monastery. I thought it was weird (laughs) that they
0: played that like it was creepy. I think it's creepy because they're all like facing... And praying for that one monk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Which I think is to imply that his soul needed saving so badly it's taking all of them to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, he was a devil priest. And he they kind of come up close on him and he looks like Two-Face from Batman. Yeah, he's been badly burned. He got burned up in that fire.
2: So he flips a coin to see if he's going to help Gregory pray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, yes. One of the monks explains that they take care of him until his penance is complete, essentially implying that when his service is done, he'll die. So when he's atoned for what he did, he'll die. Which happens shortly.
2: So was he a priest, like a real priest who then like, Made the decision to turn away.
0: That's kind of what they imply in this scene. Was the other priest also did that and then he grew the birthmark yes. of 666? Yes. And I do think that's why he says we'll serve out our sentence in hell together because he also in this life is trying to atone. And what we did find out when they went to his crime scene apartment is that. And from the autopsy, he had cancer and was on morphine all the time. But I think that's why he was so urgent about it, is he's like, I need to write this wrong before I die. Yeah, he was on
1: death's door. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: So they do say that they haven't been able to speak to the priest, but if you give him something to write with, he can draw things cool 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 let's give him a rock yeah Yeah, like
2: pen and paper no crayons no
1: pen and paper is very rare here in italy
2: yes but (laughs) but stones are not
1: drove me crazy
0: we do see that he's been drawing on the floor and he's been drawing the sign of the devil which is what they refer to it as now there is some conflation between the number of the beast, which a lot of people consider to be 666, but again, numerology, it's not always that number. I mean, that's what Iron Maiden taught me. Right. <laughs> and then the mark of the beast, which is different. That's something that is in Revelation, and it's essentially this implication that you will join the Antichrist and it will mark you forever.
1: It's like the Death Eaters have that tattoo. Yes, yeah. it's exactly
0: oh. like that. And that's where this birthmark is kind of coming from as far as like a theological context. They also claim that the three sixes are for the three members of the devil's kind of, club question mark
1: this was all gibberish though like none yeah. of this yeah. actually makes any sense at all <laughs> they they yeah.
0: named the three devil
2: things and they're like just like the son the father and the holy ghost i was like nope
0: no it doesn't it's, seem it's like it's not it. yeah no. and that's not anywhere in the bible either no. that is totally made up in this movie <laughs> it's like waligi wario <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it's like mario waligi and green mario Yes. so he does manage to write something completely illegible before he dies and then they're all like it looks like it says this and i'm like you can read that any of you can read that
2: i thought it was a drawing
0: (laughs) so it turns out to be the name of a cemetery from etruscan times now the etruscans Were in kind of the era of Rome So that's very 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 super super old Yeah It is similarly another 50 kilometers north of Rome Just in a different part They go to the cemetery They literally go there
1: And they do not know what they're looking for Yes My favorite part of this scene is that They
2: try to make it like adventurous And they're like We're gonna have these two old men Like hop over this fence
1: (laughs) (laughs) But they do (laughs) They make it over the fence They do Yeah but it's like
2: very careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> well, Gregory Peck is 75. I mean, he's an old guy. <laughs> yeah. So Again, funny. you're right. They don't know what they're looking for. Um, And so the photographer calls over and he's found gravestones with the date of Damien's yeah. birth listed as their death. And they're for Maria Siana, That is the mother, allegedly. And then Bambino Siana, which... Bambino is Italian for baby. baby. Yeah, it's like (laughs) the baby. Yeah. yeah. So Gregory Peck is basically saying, why here in this terrible place? And again, we have those shots where it looks like they're being watched.
1: Well, and you also hear like dogs panting too.
0: Yes. Now, I would argue that it's in this terrible place because no one's going to look for it there. Like, I think they just didn't want anyone to find it. I would
2: argue that it's not that terrible of a place.
0: It's a pretty nice graveyard. For how old it is, it's pretty well kept up. Yeah. I mean it's definitely a set on a sound stage. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. It's in Pinewood Studios for sure. Yeah, they pull back and I was like, what is this Hobbiton? Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> is, like a weird hill. Yeah. So they open the mother's grave and it's the skeleton of a jackal. Yeah. They then go to open the baby's grave because Gregory Peck says, "If that is not the mother's body," and which we know that it kind of is, but Yeah. If my baby wasn't actually dead, maybe he's still alive somewhere. So if there's not a baby skeleton in this grave, it means that my child still may be alive somewhere in the world and we can find them. I
1: do love that he sets that up and then immediately he's like, oh, wait, no, he's dead. Fuck, that sucks. Okay,
2: God. No, he just says. Murderers! Yeah,
0: because there is a baby skeleton in the grave that clearly has what looks to be a blunt force trauma injury to the back of the head.
1: But at this point, the dog pantings become more than just dog pantings, and Gregory Peck is like, "Who let the dogs out?
0: Who, who, who?
2: The Satan did. It's the the devil dogs.
0: The pack of dogs is significant. There are three of them uh, at least." And they are in some ways analogous to the Greek personification of the guardians of hell, which is Cerberus. Yeah, the three-headed dog, right? Three-headed dog. And so I think they're representing this with multiple dogs. Yeah. Because we do have, I think the dog that's in the house is the devil in the form of the dog. I thought he was more of the hellhound, but.
2: Yeah, I think he's a hellhound. Because I don't think the devil would let himself be trapped in a basement. I mean, I guess that's a literal allegory for hell, but whatever.
0: They run away, and they're getting low-key attacked by dogs. They probably would have died if this was real life. Yeah, those dogs are fucking them up, man. Yeah, Gregory Peck goes to climb over the fence and impales his arm on one of the spokes of the fence. Does he, though? (laughs) I think it grazes him. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to think, but
1: clearly, no. Clearly his arm is just around it.
0: I think it gets caught on his sleeve and slices him as it does. Yeah. So the photographer manages to get over the fence and then he helps get Gregory Peck down. And then they go back to their hotel. The next shot is at the hospital. The phone rings. She answers it. It's Gregory Peck who's basically like, you're leaving London right now. You're coming to Rome with me. Uh, My friend from the embassy, Tom will meet you there and bring you to Rome. And mind you, she has not been released from the hospital. Right. She is still under medical care. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing a full body cast and then a silk
1: nightgown over that. And she's like, yes.
2: finally a romantic getaway with my husband.
0: <laughs> so she gets up to try and get ready to leave and Ugh. gets tangled in her own nightgown. Yeah. <laughs>
3: This is so sad. We turn
0: around to see That the evil nanny Has shown up at the hospital And the very next shot Is her flying Out of the window Through the top Of an ambulance Yeah Because she yeah. crashes Through the top Which by the way Metal You wouldn't be able To just crash right through it She would have like dented it down i did
1: sort of love this though because the roof breaks away like it was cardboard and then the door opens and she's like laying in a gurney dead and there's (laughs) no (laughs) sight of the roof anywhere the roof that she caved in yeah i also love that that ambulance goes up to the hospital with the sirens on like there's someone back there who needs help but then we just find out that she's the one who needs help like, what right. happened to the patient? They were rushing to the OR. Who knows? That
2: patient fell through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Gregory Peck receives the call, and he is devastated, obviously. clearly. And the photographer goes out, finds out about Megiddo, the city they're supposed to go to. Yeah. Tells him that the name Megiddo is derived from the name Armageddon. It's believed to be the place of the last battle. And that it's 60 miles outside of Jerusalem and that there's an excavation currently going on there where they will find Pukenhagen, the exorcist they have read about. And at this point in the movie, Gregory Peck actually says... He wants to kill Damien. Yeah, he's like, Kathy is dead and I want to kill Damien. I have some thoughts
2: about Kupenkaigen.
0: Okay, <laughs> If
1: He,
2: he should have gone with him.
1: Yeah. So they go to Jerusalem. They they meet with Pukenhaigen or whatever his name is. And he's like, yeah. here's how you perform this ritual to kill the Antichrist. Yes. And he's like, right. hey, do you want to come with me and help? This excavation is more important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The single most important five-year-old murder that you have to do to save the world. But I'm going to let you handle it, person who's clearly not
0: qualified.
1: Yeah, and his arm's injured.
0: Is it? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. They go there. They find out how to kill the Antichrist.
2: They're like, you have to use this secret Catholic ritual called stabbing him to death.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also tells them that it has to be done on hallowed ground so it has to be done at the altar of a church and
1: sort of in a specific order like the one knife kills the body the next knife kills the spirit and then like it, it, yes. it the whole ritual makes a cross across the body in daggers
0: multiple knives in the shape of a cross yeah. yes and he tells him because Gregory Peck is obviously upset by the information And he just reiterates, this is not a human child. Right. And if he bears this birthmark, which is the sequences of sixes, he is not human and you need to kill him. You have to be able to do this. So, the photographer wants to know what he said because he didn't allow the photographer to be there for this explanation. Right. And Gregory Peck tells him that, you know, he wants me to stab the child and I can't do it. He's
1: such a drama queen right here. Yeah. Because Gregory Peck is like, I don't want to do it. And he throws the knives just into the street or whatever.
0: Yeah. And the photographer is basically like, if you don't do it, I will. So he goes to pick up the knives. Yeah. As he's doing that, a car parked just a little bit up the way from him. Uh, The driver gets out, doesn't set the parking brake. The car rolls back, and it has a plate of glass in the back of the truck. That sheet of glass flies out of the back of the truck, decapitating the photographer, and I have a lot of notes on that in our fun facts.
1: Oh, nice.
0: I
2: didn't quite enjoy the Final Destination-type deaths.
0: Well... You are you might enjoy it more Once we get to the okay. Acts. Oh, I just uh, felt like Is this Satan killing him
2: Or like Satan's magic Or like
0: I think it's Satan Trying to prevent them From killing the yeah, Antichrist it is
2: But if he could do that He could just kill them both Right there and be done with it
0: I mean yeah It's a movie This like,
2: movie's he, like, not real Yeah <laughs>
1: it's This is not real Satan doesn't really exist Like it's Well I think it'd be
2: A more enjoyable movie If there were some rules And then they had like Other Satan people Trying to kill them To stop them from Trying to kill the Antichrist
0: Oh you mean like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade Yes
2: that's exactly what I <laughs> (laughs) and i love that
3: movie
0: (laughs) so he flies back to london with the knives on his lap and i was like you remember when you could just fly with knives (laughs) yeah he's flying private which is guys that's the best way to fly i'm just gonna throw that out there
2: oh my god
0: (laughs) what's really funny is that like they don't immediately show that to you it looks like he's just on a plane with knives and then as they pull out you realize it's a private plane he gets back to the house and at this point, I was like, how is he going to get that kid into a church remembering, like, what happened the last time? He's
2: five years old. Here's how I would do this movie. Because I'd be like, all right, remove the governor. I want to I spend time with my son because his mom died. Remove the governess. And my staff would do it. The staff's gone. Well, no, no, but I mean, like, he's got other staff. He's the ambassador. You know what I'm saying? He, I mean, I would get the Marines to kill her. Well, I mean, you might be able to do that. But, like, I want everybody out of this house, all staff, just me and the me and the kid. We're going to go to church and pray for his mother. Yeah. Boom. Kid fights, yeah. break his arm. You can break all the, the devil's kid's arms and legs.
0: Sure. I mean, you could. Yeah. There's, uh, there's he not...
2: struggles a lot dragging this five-year-old to the altar. I would have like, picked that kid up and slammed her down.
0: Well, what happens is he gets to the house and it's empty and it looks like there's nobody well, there. I know, I
2: know. But I mean, like, later on. We're, we're skipping some
0: parts. I'm just yeah. saying. I would
2: have maimed yeah. this little kid first. Jesus
0: Christ. Jeez. <laughs> He gets there and the attack dog is there and is silent. Yeah. And he manages to trick the dog into going down into the basement and then locks him in the basement. Stupid devil hound. What an Stupid idiot. Stupid devil hound. <laughs> then he goes through the drawers in Damien's room and finds a pair of scissors. Yeah. Yeah. And he cuts Damien's hair. And this takes forever. Yeah,
2: this takes forever. Also, who leaves five-year-old with scissors?
0: And also, what five-year-old sleeps through a goddamn haircut? I know. <laughs> I know. It was so insane. He he cuts uh, uh, his hair. He does find the birthmark under his hair. And at that point, the evil nanny jumps on him. Yeah. She bites his leg. Like, multiple times. She bites him all over. It made me wonder if she's a devil dog personified. Ooh. I like that reading. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, he manages to kind of kick her down. So, she's kind of down for the count for a bit. And he grabs Damien. Damien fights and so as he's kind of falling down the stairs, he grabs a sconce and falls down the stairs, knocking Damien unconscious. Well, yeah, yeah, and
2: they get electrocuted.
0: They get, yeah, they get mildly electrocuted. So here's how I
2: would have played it. I would have used Damien as a weapon, held him by his feet, beat the governess with Damien's head.
0: She's
2: <laughs>
3: Okay. <laughs> wow.
2: Well, I'm just saying say he's the literal Satan and she's not good. And like
1: you have free reign to just do whatever you want at that point. Paige, do you at all feel
0: like Mikey is taking out some frustrations on five-year-olds in this scenario? I'm starting to really question the part earlier in this episode where he said he wanted (laughs) (laughs) kids. For what? Smackdown? Like, geez.
2: I want six kids in the ring at six o'clock at 6 a.m. on June 6th. (laughs)
3: oh
0: yeah i'm taking the devil down three minutes (laughs) me and you you better get to church brother (laughs) Uh, so uh, gregory peck kind of recovers a little bit from being electrocuted yeah uh but evil nanny is right on it so he pulls out what must be the junk drawer because she ends up with a carving fork, and he has what I couldn't tell if it was a screwdriver or an ice pick. It looks like it might be an ice. I don't pick.
2: know what it was. I was. Like, man, these are weird weapons. For a second, I thought it was like a tuning fork and like a like piece of a radio. I was like, what
0: is this? Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, is this the junk drawer? Like, if they grabbed the wrong thing, could he've ended up with like a bunch of Taco Bell sauce packets <laughs> instead? Like,
3: they're
1: going in her mouth, and she's like, no, fire sauce. Then he stabs her with the end of the corn cobs. He beats her to death with a bunch of dead nine volt batteries. Like
0: (laughs) Mikey, did you say the ends of the corn cobs, like the corn picks? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All all those kitchen things that you use once a year. Yeah. The carrot peeler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He stabs her in the shoulder, though, and then she just passes out get yeah, blood loss
0: because I think he hit the jugular on that
1: one. I would have finished her off. Oh, I
2: bet you woulda. No, I mean I would take that tuning fork and just like really went in there, and then put those <laughs> sauce packets right in her mouth and put the corn cob things <laughs> in her eyes because she's
1: the devil.
0: I'm really amused that we all have the same things in our junk tours. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's really funny. Yeah. <gasps> uh, so. Uh, He grabs Damien who's still unconscious Puts him in the car and the cops are following And at first I was like why are the cops Following him and I was like oh because his wife Was thrown out a window and he's The prime suspect Yeah and he's also speeding away
1: from his house Really quickly like that looks Suspicious yeah
0: but this is like a week after She
2: gets thrown out of the window
0: It's only a couple days I think because he takes That flight back as soon as possible And also it's the first time he's been seen Yes in in days Yeah So he puts Damien in the car. They're driving. They're being followed by the police. If you listen to the police scanner, it's like, hey, they're heading up old church Road," so We know that that's where they're going. And that possible diplomatic incident. Yes. So Damien wakes up. He carries him into the church screaming. He drags him up the altar. And Damien at that point says, Daddy, no. And he hesitates for a minute. And the police fire. And here's the thing. I totally get that. Because I think he's like dead set on doing it. But then at the end of the day, the day you're like, this is a child. This is a child I cared for for five years. Like at a certain point, it is still his child to a degree yeah like even though it's the devil he hesitated
2: but also that was a revolver round for it looks at least 50 yards
1: there's no way that connected
2: yeah, yeah i think he'd at least get a one knife or two in
1: it is sort of like an abraham and isaac moment though where he's like absolutely got his son on the altar and you're like thinking someone's gonna intervene like god's gonna intervene and be like you don't have to kill him i'll kill him or something like that but no it's yeah. just the cops saving the day for the devil read okay. that however you will
0: <laughs> well, it it cuts immediately to two to two coffins. Yeah. And for a, a hot second I wondered if they both died. If he managed no. to connect with the knife and get shot.
1: I knew he didn't. I knew it was the wife and the husband, the ambassador mm-hmm. and the ambassador's uh-huh. wife. And that Damien had survived.
2: I wanted to know how they explained it to the press.
1: Just that they went insane, probably. Yeah, probably is like a murder-suicide. I assumed that it was the wife had some, you know, depression issues and she killed herself. And that drove him over the edge in grief.
0: So the camera pulls back and we see that Damien and the governess are still alive.
2: I thought that was the president's wife
0: um maybe I'm not sure I it looked like the governess. you to me.
1: never see their faces.
2: I thought it was the president and the first lady and like adopting him.
1: I mean mm. it, it very well could be. I sort of read it that he was gonna live with the president from now on. yeah I, I read it as
2: Gregory killed the governess with her the shoulder was her weakness yeah, that's her weak mm. spot
1: that's her Achilles shoulder
0: before the movie <laughs> truly ends it closes on a text screen that says, here is wisdom let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is 666 Revelation 13:18 Now in some translations that number translates to 616 and in different translations and canons Theologians disagree both on the inclusion of this book at all, but also on this number, and none of them are absolutely sure of its meaning. Well, the 666
1: and the 616 are different numerological interpretations of two different emperors of Rome. Yes. So one's Nero and I forget the other one's name. It's the one that came after Nero.
0: But they're both bad. Well, there are also numerological explanations that don't include emperors at all because essentially there's a section in this scripture that just has a Greek word and they're translating that word into a number. Yeah. It's it's
1: bizarre no matter what. It's all made up nonsense. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie.
2: Roll credits.
1: Having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think? I really liked it. I
2: liked it too. I, I, I like talking about it. I liked it. I, I, I think it holds up pretty well, and it's creepy. It keeps a very creepy vibe. I don't think any of the decisions are logical or understandable, but it's still really well made and acted.
1: Everything someone in church authority says is gibberish in this film, and yes. it's not nearly as scary as I thought it was when I was eight or nine, but of course it's not. But I do think right. it's like excellently shot. It's a really well-told story. I mean, it's I see why it has stood up to the test of time.
0: And I would say, to be honest, it's paced really well until the third act. Yeah. The third act drags a bit. I think you could cut probably 20 minutes out of this movie Same. and have an equally scary movie. Yeah. But overall, I would say, especially considering movies from this time, it's paced really well. It's shot really well. It's acted phenomenally. I really, really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. It's definitely (laughs) worth seeing. And
1: I I do think as an adult, I should not have been scared by this movie.
0: I can understand why as a kid it would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a
1: kid who grew up super religious. I grew up super religious. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I'll be honest with you. Had I not recently done as much revelation research as I have, it would have probably been more scary. Yeah. You know, but only because I'm like, I automatically knew. I'm like, that's not in the Bible. That's not what that says.
2: You know, so. I just want you guys to read my spec script for my horror movie where this demon child keeps hunting this guy and he has to fight it off violently every time. But people
1: think he's trying to kill the child. So he's running (laughs) away from the law. Oh, Mikey really wants to beat up a kid, Paige. That's all I'm hearing. (laughs) Let's do some fun facts, Paige.
0: Are you ready? Hit me with your fun facts. This has more fun facts than Predator because what? this Uh-oh. is one of yes because this is only one of a few movies that is believed to be cursed and legitimately really? cursed. Oh. Yes, Richard Donner and Mace Newfeld were the director and producer of this movie, and they were actually warned against making the movie. Really, and Richard Donner told one of the people that warned him that he didn't care. <laughs> I mean, that's what yeah. I would say too. I'd be like, "That's
1: gibberish. I'm going to make it anyway."
0: But then when they started production, Gregory Peck was supposed to fly over to London to start production on this movie. His plane was hit by lightning. Mm. (laughs) Now that's scary on its own, except it gets creepier because that was his second flight. He had canceled his original flight and that flight took off that morning, hit a flock of birds, Sully Sullenberger style, and crashed at the end of the runway. According to the story, it crashed into a station wagon carrying the pilot's wife and children who had just dropped him off at work. What? Six people died in that crash. He killed his family? Yes. Oh, my God. There are a bunch of different reports. That's the most common one. Some reports say that everyone on the plane died. I don't know how large of a plane it was. But so that happened to his first flight, which he lucked out on not being Did on. Did that really happen? Oh, my yes. God. It's a fun fact, Mikey. Not a fun fiction. Man. It's not a fun fact. Hold your horses. The screenwriter flew over to London a few days later after Gregory Peck's plane had been struck by lightning. Everyone was kind of worried, but... He flew a couple days later and his plane was struck by lightning. What is happening? No, 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 it gets crazier. They land in London, and in London, the IRA was active at the time and yeah. they set off a bomb. That bomb went off a block and a half away from the hotel where the entire cast and crew were staying. That'd be a weird coincidence except that the place that the bomb went off was the restaurant where they all had reservations to eat that night. Oh, what? my God. So they start production of the movie, and they get to the point where they're going to film that safari park scene. The scene where the baboons attack the car was not staged. The car stalled in the middle of the safari park, and the baboons attacked The car Oh my god And they caught it all on tape And they caught the actors Real reactions Oh that's the little boy's Real reaction Yes
1: That's insane
0: Which is not the end of it Because the original Animal handler for the film Who was assigned to them By the park As soon as production Wrapped at the park He was eaten by one of their Large cats
3: What
2: Carol
1: Baskin
0: Yeah (laughs) Some say tiger Some say lion We all say sardine oil (laughs) (laughs)
1: He was mauled to death by a large cat. Oh, man.
0: He's not the only one. The special effects supervisor, the one who specifically designed that decapitation with the glass sheet, he was in a car accident with his fiancée in which she was decapitated in the same way. (gasps) What? Yes. No, Paige. Oh, my God. God. Now, there is an additional piece to that story where allegedly... She was decapitated by a street sign that read Omen 66 Kilometers because they were in Sweden. Uh, that I don't know if that's true. That's just the thing that everyone says happened. Right. But regardless, she was decapitated in a car accident in much the same way as the special effect. But the worst part of all of this is that Richard Donner went on to make Wild Wild West. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. With Will Smith.
2: (laughs) Ooh, that's the worst part.
0: Yeah. Now, a lot of people talk about this movie and all of what I've just listed to you, and they're like, it's clearly cursed. Richard Donner actually says, it's not cursed. Everyone except for that one guy's fiance and that animal handler survived, and nothing weird really happened after, and the movie went on to be a huge success. Yeah. So maybe something was protecting us from all those bad things happening, Who knows? But he still gets death threats to this day. Why? Because people believe that he is in league with the Antichrist. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah. But uh, what a lot of people have said is that it's not necessarily that this movie is cursed so much as bad stuff happens on every movie set. But because of the content of this movie, it makes people look closer at things that they think might be creepy because... There are other films that had far worse production. I mean, you could argue that Predator's production was just as bad. Maybe not as many deaths. That was
1: insane. Yeah, right.
0: And then you've got ones like Apocalypse Now where like a helicopter fell and killed a bunch of people. Like, you know, movies have had really, really horrific stories for a long time. It's just a little creepy that this one that has creepy subject matter also seems to have a lot of turmoil around the set.
2: Yeah. Well, that shit's insane. Well, those were not fun facts, but thank you.
0: Thank you for those terrible facts. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome.
1: Let's talk to box office real quick. So what do you guys think the production budget was for this movie? And remember, it was 1976, guys.
0: I'm gonna say that this was expensive, even for 1976, and it was Richard Donner, who at the time was a studio bigwig and would go on to own his own studio, essentially. Um, so I'm gonna say this is at least a couple million.
2: Okay. I say 4.5 million.
0: Okay. So I would say Page
1: is closer. It's 2.8 million dollars, which, if you adjust for inflation, is roughly 12, almost 13 million dollars today. And it did really well at the box office. This movie came out on June 25th, 1976. So, shortly after Damien's birth. And in its first week in the box office, it made $4.2 million, which is pretty good it made more than its budget back its first week out that's crazy yeah total if you include domestic and worldwide but it didn't really get much of a worldwide release if you include both it made 48 million dollars 48.5 million dollars that's a Jeez. lot of money it is if you adjust that for inflation that's 221 million dollars today it made Dang. a lot of money it did very well
0: yeah it, it did incredibly well it It really, for almost everyone that worked on it, as far as like a crew and production capacity, it became their calling card for everything they would make after uh it is released almost 10 years to the day after rosemary's baby is and i do we should watch rosemary's baby it is long and it's paced a little strangely but i i do think that it's a really good kind of companion to this for sure my
1: mom saw rosemary's baby in the theater and that's the movie that made her swear off horror movies and this is the movie i saw as a kid. That means these were horror movies, so I think we probably should do the Rosemary's Baby, maybe for like Mother's Day or something like that. You should bring your mom on. My mom would not watch it again. I've I've actually asked her if she'd be willing to, and she was like, "No."
0: Yeah, well, Rosemary's Baby is also basically gaslighting the movie. As a woman, it is very upsetting to watch the way that people treat her in that movie, just as it's upsetting to watch how people treat Kathy in this movie, you know, understanding that there's kind of a cultural gap.
1: Yeah.
2: So,
0: Mikey, let's hit him with
1: that scary scale.
2: All right, listeners. The scary scale is a scale between one to ten of how scary we are when we watch the film today. It's not a rating of how good the film is. Right. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. So, Paige, what are you going to give it?
0: I mean, personally, I'm going to give this like a two. If I did not have the biblical knowledge I did, it would be much scarier.
1: Pretty much the exact same. I'm going to give it a two as well, but pretty much because I knew any time any priest was talking, it was complete gibberish. So it was not that scary to me. This watching, when I was an eight-year-old and believed everything a priest ever told me, I was freaked the fuck out.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna give it a one.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because I was like, what does this five year old got that I I I could take it?
1: <laughs> I could punch this five year old in the
0: face. Oh
1: god. And the
2: governor's. Like he really struggled with that woman.
1: So this week you guys made me watch The Omen. What are you guys making me watch next week? Next week,
2: Todd, we're gonna make you watch Return of the Living Dead, which you might actually enjoy some, maybe. Oh,
0: is it like a Mikey movie? It's kinda like a Mikey movie.
2: There's Mikey movie elements.
1: I would say it's an <laughs> elevated Mikey movie. Oh, wow.
0: Does that mean <laughs> that someone gets killed in an elevator? I feel like that's what I that
1: <laughs> mean. So, guys, watch Return of the Living Dead for next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you're looking up a review to read, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes. And we actually got quite a few last week, so you'll have quite a few to choose from, Mikey. All right. This one's
2: from Diesel Falk. Okay. He says, great, art." he or she are, they, just, they They say... This person says, great podcast is the name of the review.
1: Oh, I happen to agree. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, One of my new favorite podcasts, starting with the first episode and working my way through the rest. They don't get good until
1: 36 is the episode number that you're on. It's the thing episode, Mikey.
2: All right. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Starting my way through the first episode and working my way through the rest. Thank you for making everyday life bearable. Black heart emoji.
1: Why? Thank you so much. Yeah, that, that was our goal uh, when we made
2: this podcast, was to make life bearable. So i yeah. glad, glad we're finally getting there.
1: Yeah, thank you guys <laughs> so much for those awesome reviews. And if you want to have your review run on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network. So if you want to check out their other shows, go to consequenceofsound.net. they got a lot of great stuff up there, so check it out. And if you want to check out our shit, go to horrorvirgin.com, where we got links to the merch store and a lot of great stuff up there as well. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Horror Virgin. If you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter and at Rampage Wesley everywhere else. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 everywhere. And I am at Todd J Awesome. And if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash Horror Virgin, where we have a lot of great levels and a lot of great perks like our listener request, bonus episodes, all that stuff. So check it out and stay tuned for the shout outs. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned for the shout-outs that we're doing now at the end of the episode. Uh, And if you can't financially support the show or simply don't want to, but you still want your daily free horror version content, join our awesome Facebook group. We just passed 1,200 members this week. It was awesome. So thank you guys in the Facebook group for helping that community grow and stay supportive and awesome, even though the size is getting almost unmanageable.
2: And if you want, you can listen to us three <laughs> talk about romantic movies over yeah. at Romancing the Pod.
0: Yeah.
1: Episodes dropped two weeks ago.
0: There you go. If you like cults, you can listen to me on cult Podcast
1: as well. Absolutely, guys. So check them all out. But for now, that's gonna be it from us, right?
0: <laughs> I'm still trying to think of a catchphrase. I'm sorry. Keep it ooky spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be it from us, guys. I'm Paige. Keep it spooky. i'm I'm mikey
1: keep it ooky and i'm your horror virgin todd guys this is where your catchphrase is
3: this is where you say your catchphrase (laughs) have a great week
1: (laughs) my omen nerds this episode was brought to you by
2: nick Nick B. b nick b fun fact he killed jfk
1: what I actually thought he might have, because l- listen, this is a crazy theory, but we just heard last week that he likes to shoot orangutans, and what, what if that was just training? to figure out how to get in and out of grassy Knoll-type situations Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. like, be that second gunman.
0: Or what if he was riding in the car in front of JFK and then the car hit a bump and then he slipped and accidentally (laughs) discharged his rifle?
1: Oh, you mean, like, what really killed JFK? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, well, that got real serious and sad, but I agree, that's probably what happened, yeah. (laughs) This episode also brought to you by... Ori And I just want to say that Natalie and I's nanny Recently passed away tragically And Ori stepped up man And she just showed up We didn't hire her We have no idea where she came
0: from Brought her
1: own Rottweiler Yeah Yeah. yeah, absolutely She brought a pet We love animals So she's like taking care of our imaginary kid And honestly things seem to be going great by the way, after this, I have to go to the hospital. Natalie had a fall. <laughs> 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 I hope she's okay. So thank you so much, Ori, for you know really showing up and stepping up like that. I appreciate it. This episode also brought to you by Matt Sorka
2: Borka. He's from Sweden.
1: He is, and he wants us to shout out some Swedish fun facts. So my Swedish fun fact this week is between 300,000 and 400,000 moose roamed the Swedish woods over 100,000 are shot during the annual hunt and about 250,000 people participate in the hunt
2: that's one moose to every 2.5 people todd it is
1: they're wow. not they're not very good shooters is what i'm saying that's i mean
0: they don't have great aim i guess is what we well we're this saying. isn't america the only moose Americans kill is chocolate. That's why we have a yes. health epidemic. That is true, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, the moose is also considered the most dangerous animal in Sweden. Every year they cause about 6,000 road accidents. That's about one
2: accident to every 3.3 people who try to hunt them.
0: Do you think it's revenge?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I honestly do. It's probably a moose killing itself after the loss of its loved one. Due oh, to it's hunt.
0: death by yes. car. It's a karmakazi moose.
1: Karmakazi <laughs> moose. God damn it, yeah. Paige. I love you. <laughs> we now return you to the never-ending saga, the, the Patreonicals.
2: All right. Uh, welcome back to the Patreonicals, where we will. I can tell talk Mikey about.
1: really enjoys doing this.
2: <laughs> that's my sex. That's my sex voice.
1: Oh, I can tell Mikey really enjoys doing this.
2: Yes. Welcome back <laughs> to my bedroom. <laughs> Welcome back.
1: Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Everyone's on the relationship. Right. And Karoon is like really depressed because he is an alien and he is not from this planet.
1: He's lonely. I'm sure he misses his friends and family. Yeah. He was in entertainment, so he didn't really have friends or family. (laughs) I feel Karoon's pain, man. He misses the fame the most.
0: Usually it's the opposite. That's, That's not usually the thing people miss.
1: It's usually the money they miss. Right, Paige?
0: Yeah, money or just like, I wish I could walk around a Walmart without people screaming at me for that commercial I was in.
1: Well, he's- (laughs) No, I don't have herpes. Lucky, because (laughs) this whole planet is a Walmart. I'm sorry, his whole planet is a Walmart?
2: No, Earth. Earth is his Walmart. I don't know what that means. It means that he's not going to get recognized here. Well, except he has blue skin, so people will be like, ooh, what's that?
1: Oh, Dr. Manhattan? This is the first we're hearing that Karoon has blue skin?
2: Uh, I've mentioned it before. I know I have.
1: Let's check the dates. <laughs> s-
0: strongly doubt. Uh, yeah, guys. Strongly <laughs> doubt
1: that. Uh, guys, can you re- can you reach out and let us know if he's mentioned that in the past? I mentioned that when he was hosting the Munderdome. The Moonerdome?
2: Moonerdome. Oh,
1: you can't even pronounce your own words right. <laughs> Wait,
2: so K-Roon is crying inside the mini sub, which I did mention last episode.
1: I thought you said they were all on the relationship. They are. The
2: mini sub is on the side of it, like it's cranked up.
1: Oh, so the mini sub is just on the side of the regular ship, and he went there by himself to cry. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, <that's laughs> I- so sad. He's so lonely. It took a
2: long time to get to that visual, but I w- I'm glad we got there. Yeah,
1: I'm glad we figured this out together, Mikey.
2: But he, as he looked up, he saw another ship. Uh-oh. Is it the Bull Ship? <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> it's actually a pirate ship called the Unhealthy Relationship.
1: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Just all peg legs and scurvy. The whole boat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's survivors from the Sunny D virus, but they're like kind of dicks because they've become pirates to survive on the high seas are
0: the the, <laughs> the high C, I, I was gonna say the high sea like high sea lemonade. I love it, right, it's right, it's C- it? yes absolutely so the
1: only way you can cure the sunny D virus is to drink high sea fruit punch <laughs> but it leaves you horribly scarred and mangled because that is also pretty gross but it's emotional
2: they're emotional scars
1: they're emotional scars Mikey okay
2: <laughs> so Karim K- looks up crying and sees this ship coming and there's a bunch of people with machine guns and stuff on it, and they're headed straight for him. They look angry. So he runs over, uh, he gets out of the sub, and he's like, uh, People that I don't really know, uh, there's people attacking us or whatever. And um, <laughs> I love
1: his sense of urgency. They're like people attacking <laughs> us or whatever. It's not a big deal. Whatever.
0: People I don't know.
2: <laughs> Matthew slaps him in the face because he was crying hysterically. And he's like, Get a hold of yourself, thing, person, alien. And he's like, look over there. And then Matthew sees the ship, and he's like, oh, my God. So they have a little meeting. They see they're coming with guns. They start shooting at them. Tristam is, you know, he's
1: merged with his computer stuff with the ship. Right. He's actively inside the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, technologically speaking. I don't mean like he's he's not mid-coitus. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how androids do it. I'm just saying. Way to make it weird, Todd.
0: I'm just saying he made it weird. <laughs> yeah, you did. You need to pirate ship the unhealthy relationship. I couldn't think of any other ship puns. Projecting much?
2: <laughs> Tristan is doing evasive maneuvers with the relationship. Right.
0: Kind of like you do with every girl you meet? <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Mikey. I learned it from watching you. It's all for you, Mikey. It's oh, all for you.
3: Oh, gross. <laughs>
0: From now on, we need to refer to ghosting as evasive maneuvers.
2: (laughs) Eddie had some sick, really sick owls on the boat. Like, really sick? Or, like,
1: are they wearing their ball caps backwards?
2: (laughs) No. Like, they had really bad bird flu. So, Eddie sends the owls to attack the pirates in a kamikaze since they're already sick. Oh. And he was just taking care of them, and they wanted purpose to their death.
1: So, they... (laughs) (laughs) they 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 flew at the other ship just yelling witness me (laughs) yes but it just
2: all it sounded like to them was (laughs) "Who?" because they can't speak to animal (laughs) anyway they quickly were killed and but one one killed one of them it landed on one of them and killed it a pirate (laughs) And then... um
0: The whole flock only managed to kill one pirate?
2: <laughs> well, they were owls. They were all armed. It's an armed pirate ship. We have to keep it realistic, Paige. <laughs> oh! Yeah, that's what we have to keep realistic, guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. Eddie sharpened some paddles and then was throwing them as spears and killed a few of them. Maybe Kate should help out in some sort of capacity like that with her telekinetic abilities.
2: That's what he was like. He's like, Kate... Will you, like, send one of these through, like, the hole or whatever? The hole? And she did the hole. Uh Uh-huh. The hole?
0: Oh, H-U-L-L. The
2: ship was no longer whole. W-H-O-L-E, because (laughs) she put a hole, H-O-L-E, in the hole, H-U-L-L. So, anyway, that ship died and everybody died.
1: Wait, that's all it took was to throw a paddle through the hole and the ship died? Yes? Okay. So it wasn't a ship so much as it was maybe like a
0: inflatable raft. They just <laughs> banded a bunch of Sunny D bottles together and it was not, it wasn't high sea worthy. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> final destination style, yada, 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 it sank and blew up.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. That's a whole lot. You just yada, 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 right there. <laughs>
0: I also like that I was like, it was a raft. It wasn't seaworthy. You're like, windows, gasoline.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did Mikey just watch The Legend of the Guardians? Will the search for the Illuminati continue? Is Mikey just going to make our heroes fight his ex-girlfriends on this USS unhealthy relationship? (gasps) Find out next week on another episode of The The Patriarchals. This episode brought to you by... Chris! Chris. And Chris just wants you all to know that you are loved, you are listened to, and you are valuable, and we are so glad that you're here and a part of this community. So thank you guys so much for being here, and thank you, Chris, for being such an awesome member of our Facebook community. And guys, if you're not a member of our Facebook community, please join the Facebook community. We just passed 1,250 members. It's been growing a lot recently. It's been pretty amazing. So thank you, Chris. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next
0: week.